Thank you for listening in on the Crime Brought to Light podcast. My name is Ethan, and this is where we talk about guts, grime, and true crime. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope this podcast finds you well. Today, we will be taking a headfirst dive into the pit of the Love Has One cult. With the name Love Has One, I want to be clear I am not referring to the LGBTQ community. Trust me, what I'm talking about today is extremely disturbing. I had planned on doing a true crime story, but saw that you guys had already voted on the poll that you wanted me to talk about another cult. Out of conspiracy theories, true crime stories, and basically anything that is disturbing, cults are probably one of my favorite things to research. I find it extremely fascinating what starts a cult and how it grows into a community. This is my second episode ever, so a friendly reminder, if you like this episode and want to support me without sending me $100, which I'm totally fine if you do, I encourage you to rate this podcast and participate in the poll. For you YouTube folks, please like and subscribe. If you finish this episode and think, yeah, that just isn't scratching the need for true crime you can check out my instagram everything brought to light with two t's at the end or you can check out my tiktok crime brought to light both of those i have hundreds of stories in a few different formats as always if there is a specific story or true crime case you would like me to talk about or you are a brand and want to get the badge as being the first company to support my podcast shoot me an email crimebroughttolight at gmail.com. Once again, that is crimebroughttolight at gmail.com. Now that we cleared my mental to-do list, let's destroy my mental state by talking about the terrifying truth behind the Love Has One cult. The cult was started by a woman known as Amy Carlson. Her childhood appeared to be pretty normal. She always received good grades on things, was popular in school, had a great singing voice, and the list goes on. Growing up in the South, she spent the majority of her time outdoors. I always hate when people are like, they were always such an innocent kid, how could they do this? If you were to compare who I am now versus who I was when I was 13, it would be entirely different. Do I think you can see the signs of malicious behavior in a child? Of course. I mean, look at Jeffrey Dahmer. He started experimenting on animals, using the word experimenting loosely. He eventually moved it up to larger animals, and then as you guys know, it escalated to human beings. So yes, you can see warnings during childhood, but you can't base a person's entire existence on who they were or how they acted during probably the most challenging time when it comes to growing up. Speaking of growing up, there is not a lot of information about our family other than the fact they raised Amy in Dallas, Texas, and went on Dr. Phil. But at the same time, what family wants to be negatively associated with being related to a cult leader? Needless to say, I'm not going to try to dig too deeply into her family as they had no part in her cult, and from the information I did research, they are extremely hurt with the outcome of her life and her joining a cult. The family even made several attempts to get her to come home. Before I get too ahead of myself, let's get to her life as a post-graduate. After Amy graduated high school and entered into early adulthood, she began to question her own beliefs. Her sister claimed that Amy found herself in dark corners of the internet, Not only was she searching up weird things, but she would make new friends who encouraged her to keep going in that sometimes disturbing corner of the web. Her sister says that Amy would often leave home to meet with her newfound friends, which wasn't really a red flag to her parents or siblings because like I previously said, she always had a lot of friends. What was alarming is that just about every time she returned home from hanging out with these people, she would come back talking about outlandish concepts such as starships. 
She felt as if she was different, different from her parents, different from her friends, almost feeling as if she was better or higher than normal people like you or me. During the mid-2000s, her beliefs continued to shift and she developed a new interest in New Age philosophy. For those of you who are not familiar with the New Age movement, here is a definition from the world's most trusted website, Wikipedia. Just kidding. Here is the quote. New Age is a range of spiritual or religious practices and beliefs which rapidly grew in Western society during the early 1970s. It is highly eclectic and unsystematic structure makes a precise definition difficult. Although many scholars consider it to be a religious movement, its adherents typically see it as a spiritual or as unifying mind-body-spirit, and rarely use the term New Age themselves. Amy also became an avid poster on the forums of the website lightworkers.org. On that website, it opened up your world to meeting new connections who had also similar interests. On the forum, she met Amrith White Eagle, who they became extremely close. Amrith saw something in Amy that no one else had seen before. He began to convince Amy that she was divine and so much more than a human being. It wasn't long after hearing that she was divine that Amy began to experience a paranormal phenomena. In early 2007, Amy was married with her second husband and had kids of her own. By her early 20s, she had been married three times and had one kid with each husband. In late 2007, it is unclear as to what happened, but something in her snapped and she left her then third husband. Her children, who were 2, 7, and 12 at the time, ditched her job where she worked as a manager at McDonald's and stopped talking to almost all of her family. Where did she go, you might ask? She joined up with Amrith in Colorado, and that is basically where they decided to pursue Amy's powers and divinity and start their own religion. Their group was originally known as Galactic Federation of Light. They mainly posted their videos and teachings on YouTube starting in 2009. She would livestream daily where she would be seen screaming at the camera and calling her followers and non-believers whores. She appears extremely drunk in the majority of the video and is seen bossing her followers around, demanding they obey her. Instead of referring to them as their name at the time of Galactic Federation of Light, I'm just going to refer to the group as Love Has Won to prevent confusion for you and myself. The theology of Love Has Won has been described as a fluid meaning that it has a little bit of everything in it. It combines New Age spirituality, conspiracy theories, one of which was the QAnon theory, for those of you who don't know what the QAnon theory is, it's a group of people believing that a cable of satanic, cannibalistic child molesters are operating a global child trafficking ring. Love has one also believed in the elements from mainstream Abrahamic religions. Amy was immediately declared as the leader of this movement, as they were all able to get onto the same page and claim that she was a divine entity that was 19 billion years old, who created all of creation. Before you even ask this question, yes, she was equivalent to God or a higher power. In her teachings, Amy would claim that she had been reincarnated 534 times, including as Jesus, Joan of Arc, who was a defender of the French nation, Marilyn Monroe, and Cleopatra. She stated that she had full memory of her different lives and remembers being hung on the cross as Jesus. Not only was she all of these very well-known individuals, but she had claimed to have led a total of 144,000 people into the mystical fifth dimension. Prior to Amy leaving her family to lead this movement, it was known that she had a total of three husbands by her early 20s and her last husband she left out of the blue. 
While she was a part of the Love Has One, she had several romantic partners throughout the group's history, beginning with Amrith White Eagle. Amrith was basically Amy's right-hand man and would take part in bossing around the group members. I did a little digging and I believe I actually found his Instagram. I'm not 100% sure if it's his Instagram, but I am 99.9%. My reasoning is his bio states in all capital letters, quote, I am a servant of love. Love is the gift we all have to give to one another. Let us share the beauty of love we are all together. Love ya, with a heart at the end. There is also a photo of a heart that symbolizes love. He was called Father God and Amy was called Mother God. She was the queen of the lost continent of Lemuria and the group incorporated the belief that the Lemurians live within Mount Shasta in California. Not only was Amy multiple high profile individuals, but she claimed she was also the kid of Donald Trump and had spoken to Robin Williams after he was deceased. Apparently the day Robin Williams died, he came to her and spoke with her, which I feel is incredibly disrespectful to even make that claim. The group's theology also included references to the concepts of the lost city of Atlantis. In terms of its members, the group never kicked off and gained a ton of them, like the Jonestown Revival. If I had to guess, it's because their group seems like they have so many different and odd beliefs, and I found it difficult to figure out the big picture other than the fact that Amy was essentially God and the members were to obey her. Like, there was no big, we need to convert everyone because of the end of the world or hell. It would be hard for anyone that is sane to get converted. I also found a quote that was from Amy, and it is on the website closely associated with the group. It states, and I quote, You have your own way of connecting and sharing the unconditional love of the universe. Once you become consciously aware that there is no reason to be like any other, you are perfect. End quote from the creator. When I skim through the website, they're solely talking about love and the universe. They also mentioned the strong ban of using drugs and drinking alcohol. Because of this beautiful thing we call the internet, mother and father God would talk about their beliefs on the same website that Amy met Emerith on. To give a little more info about their YouTube, they did daily live streams in hopes of recruiting more members, donations, promoting their new age merch, and sell vitamins. I feel like they were structured very similar to the modern church minus selling vitamins. They also had a Facebook group where they would connect with other individuals that were trying to find what they believe in. Not only was this a movement, but it was also a small business. The group offered etheric surgery, which cost $88 per session, claiming that it could remove sickness and negative energy from the body. Honestly, sign me up. Amy claimed to have performed over a hundred thousand surgeries where she used only her hands and the power of love to successfully heal those of any disease. One of the main illnesses she claimed to have healed was cancer. Make note about her having the ability to heal because the irony is real. Another note that is interesting is the fact that Amy claimed she had performed all of those healings, yet the healing sessions were performed via phone, and majority of the time it wasn't even her that was performing the session. She would have members call the person seeking restoration and they would read a pre-written script. It didn't matter how old or new the member was, they were just as capable of performing the healing as Amy was, yet Amy claimed all of the healing as it was her script that she wrote. So the members got zero credit while she got all of the credit. At first, when I was researching the surface of the cult, it made me think, what is so bad if they just talk about positive things and perform fake healings? Because this group was so different, the more people that joined, the more it became apparent that Love Has One was about to take a turn for the worse, and the true horrors of their intentions unfolded. 
Amy wasn't the only one who seemed to have disappeared in thin air from her family. Apparently, a lot of the members had uprooted their lives and pursued living life in the cult. One of the members was the husband of a woman named Amanda, who he had met the group via Facebook and went to join them. Just like Amy, he uprooted his entire life, ditched his wife with no word, and joined the cult. His sister claimed that he joined the group in hopes of fulfilling his desire of a spiritual journey. What he thought was a mission trip to save humanity was actually him doing hard manual labor and suffering from sleep deprivation. Apparently, he was there for only two days and then went missing in thin air. His family immediately contacted the police, and I will get more into her husband's story shortly. Since creating the cult, Amy and her sister still talked from time to time. Amy had apparently reached out saying she could stay with them, but her sister declined the invite as she feared Amy would treat her poorly. Amy also reached out to her oldest son, which is where they met up, and he quickly left claiming she was crazy. In terms of her other two children, they were also aware of their mom's cult and both believed she was suffering from mental illness and was dangerous to the public. It is unsure as to why, but in 2014, Amrith White Eagle left Amy and that is where Miguel Lamboy joined the group to replace him. Miguel served as the manager of the group's finances and analytics. When he joined, it appeared that the group grew substantially. As stated before, the internet was the main reason for growth. Miguel was no longer called Miguel, but Father God. But the term Father God would switch yet again to Jason Castillo in 2018 after Miguel left. They had roughly around 12 to 20 members, and they all lived with Amy in Crestone, Colorado, which was a small town located in Sawatch County. But honestly, they moved around a lot. One of the places they briefly lived was Hawaii, and the citizens of the town and their police officers knew about the group all too well. Apparently, during 2020, police would receive calls from group members' families claiming the group was responsible for brainwashing its members and fraud. Though being that those calls didn't really cause a threat to society, police chose not to respond. Especially because from an outside perspective, it would appear as if the cult was a good thing as it gave people motivation to stay clean off substances and encourage them to love. Shortly after they moved to Hawaii, they were hated by the locals and were faced with constant protests and demands that the group left. How did Amy handle this situation, she got in front of the protesters and proclaimed that she was the Hawaiian goddess Peli. This enraged the locals even more and honestly was downright disrespectful. After Amy revealed her false identity, the locals began to protest 24-7 and even went as far as lighting driftwood on fire, chanting Hawaiian prayers, throwing rocks and eggs at the house they stayed in, and so much more. The mayor of Kauai, Derek Kawakami, intervened the protest to negotiate the departure of the group from the island, and despite Amy being this goddess, she complied and went back to Colorado in September of 2020. That same month is when it was revealed that Amy was in poor health and was paralyzed from the waist down. She also claimed that she had a cancer. In early April of 2021, the group was located in an RV park in Mount Shasta in Northern California, but were once again asked to leave due to overcrowding. Going back a little in time, it wasn't until May of 2020 when police realized this group may actually be a cult that holds something more sinister to it. Someone was driving on a back road when they found someone walking in the middle of it. They immediately caught the person's attention as they were completely nude. When the person pulled over, he realized that person was extremely dehydrated and was simply not making sense. It was believed the member had no idea how he got there or even where they were at. When paramedics arrived, they and the people that found the member began asking questions like, what happened, and at first the person wasn't really giving them an answer due to being confused and incapable of understanding, but finally the member said something that somewhat made sense. 
They claimed the group they were a part of was lacking, quote, the right energy, and it was on, quote, the wrong side of the mountain. The member also claimed that despite there being a ban of drugs and alcohol, their leader, Mother God, known as Amy Carlson, would drink a lot, so much so that she began allegedly abusing the members of the group. Thankfully, the person went to the hospital and was properly treated and survived. This person was Amanda's husband, the one who had gone missing. She told reporters that she was sure her husband was dead as he had been missing for almost 24 hours. Apparently, he was drugged with hallucinogens and was left alone in the mountains. Thankfully, the guy never went back into the cult. Amanda and her husband's sister started to raise awareness at how dangerous the cult was getting. She basically was the catalyst that started the snowball effect on the downfall of Love Has Won. However, this was only the beginning of people leaving the home of Amy Carlson. When people would leave or escape, if you will, they would talk about the group's physical abuse of sleep deprivation. They were forced to stay awake late at night and wake up early in the morning, only getting four to five hours of sleep. It was a requirement that members woke up at five in the morning no matter how late they were up working. It makes me wonder how they were even able to function on that little of sleep. Keep in mind that these people were responsible for the upkeep of the house. They would do tasks such as cleaning the inside of the house, yard work, and maintaining their socials in hopes of recruiting more members. More videos also continued to surface where Amy would be screaming and appearing under some type of influence. There was even a video of a baby crying and she is seen yelling at them and locking them in a closet for two minutes. Once the two minute timer went off, they let the kid out, and when he started crying again, she forced him back into the closet again, but for four minutes this time. She then put the kid on her lap and told them that they needed to surrender to mother, and when the kid kept crying, she then threatened to put them back in time out. The entire video is a hard watch, and I mean, kids do not understand their emotions. They are going to cry, and the solution is not to lock them in a closet. When ex-members began speaking freely, they changed the title of this religious movement to a cult. Numerous media outlets called Love as One a cult that you should be aware of. Due to the high volume of hate and media attention of the group, they were even featured on an episode of Doc. Dr. Phil in September of 2020. Here's what happened. Her two sisters and mom and Amy herself went onto the show and her family basically claimed that Amy was running a cult and Dr. Phil confronted her with the claims of abuse. I know that Dr. Phil is a controversial figure and has dirt of his own, but I also want to say how savage of him it was to ask her all of these questions that everyone was asking. He literally held nothing back. You know how in the Dr. Phil shows, they always show the pre-recorded clips of where they answer questions from the producers? Well, during that video, the producer asked Amy about the claims of her sleep deprivation and abusing her members, and she started busting out laughing, and let me tell you, her laugh was pure evil. Like I sent chills down my back, and you can even hear the nervousness in the producer's laugh after she responded. The members of the cult had recorded a video that was actually shown on the show, and they claimed, quote, Mom did her interview with Dr. Phil yesterday. Something big is happening. She's going to kick ass because all these people are liars, and Mom's going to be sharing the whole truth truth. End quote. This just shows you how brainwashed these members are considering that they called her mom and believed that everyone else was lying and not her. Dr. Phil asked her sister if she felt that she was scamming her followers and she claimed that she was 50-50 with it. She believes Amy was struggling mentally and appeared to have different personalities, fully believing that she is a divine entity. But on the other hand, Amy apparently would demand her followers to give her gifts and shower her with love and obedience. Her sister also made light of the irony of Amy calling 
calling herself Mother God, considering she was a terrible mother to her three blood children and gave them up when she pursued the cult. Dr. Phil questioned her, asking her how she can call herself Mother God, believe her children. And Amy claimed that she didn't leave her children and that she actually begged them for her to stay, but they told her that she had a quote mission and it was her duty to go out and start this movement because no one else would. Which let me give you a reminder, her kids were two, seven, and 12 at the time of her leaving. The two-year-old definitely would not understand what is going on and honestly the seven and 12-year-old also had no idea either. I put myself into their shoes and if my mom claimed that she needed to leave to go on a mission, I would be begging her to stay. What was interesting and kind of ironic was Amy claimed that after she left on her mission, her heart broke every day for only a year. I'm sorry, but isn't love for a child unconditional? I do not have kids of my own, but if I ditched them, I would miss them a lot longer than just a year. Dr. Phil also asked her about the video of her locking the kid in the closet, and she claimed that the kids came to see her and were dysfunctional and needed to be disciplined. She was creating boundaries for them by putting them in a closet for two minutes, and if they didn't get it by two minutes, they would go back in. They were, quote, experimenting with the child in the closet, and there was an adult in there with them, which I don't believe, and Dr. Phil blatantly says, quote, that is flat out abuse and I do not believe that there was an adult in the closet, end quote. I couldn't agree more with him. It is sick and coming from someone who has watched the video, there did not appear to be someone in the closet as the guy put the baby in there and then walked back to the seat on camera. If there was someone in there, why didn't they pick up the kid themselves and go into the closet together? Also, after the kid was taken out, why didn't the person come out of the closet with the kid? There are just too many factors that show that Amy was lying and not being honest, probably because Amy feared of going to jail. Dr. Phil then interviewed two members of the cult and honestly, I didn't even care about what they had to say because at that moment, they were brainwashed and taught what to say about love as one. To summarize, they said things like, Mother God is everything. They spend the day in the presence of Mother God, who is the creator of the universe. The healing sessions they attended are real. She was doing 30 healing sessions a day that are backed by testimonies that don't exist. She was reincarnated from Jesus. It doesn't seem odd that Amy drinks so much. And the list goes on. It's ironic that they claimed Amy has done all these healings, but on the show, she claimed she was paralyzed and had stage five cancer where the cancer was in her bones. She also stated that after several attempts, she was unable to heal her own body. Why can you heal over 100,000 people, but not yourself? I don't know. Dr. Phil also interviewed an ex-member named Ashley, who claimed that Amy was brainwashing her members, including physical and mental abuse. She was a member for about two months when she realized that she had wanted to leave, but decided to leave in secret because previous members who left were put in danger, one of them being the person I talked about earlier who was found in poor condition and disoriented. Despite all of these allegations going on Dr. Phil, the cult still seemed to be thriving from an outside perspective. But after April 10th, 2021, Amy was never seen again. She went from screaming on the cult's daily live streams to simply not being in the videos. Her family often watched to live streams to make sure that Amy was okay, and it was apparent that she looked very unhealthy. Finally, they decided to get the police involved, and on April 28th, 2021, police went to where the group was staying near Creston, Colorado. When walking into one of the bedrooms, they noticed a sleeping bag wrapped in Christmas lights, and inside was the mummified corpse of Amy Carlson. Yes, I said it, mummified corpse. The face was covered in glitter, and her eyes were missing. Investigators described the scene to be a makeshift shrine for Amy, and the followers were still worshipping her corpse. Seven members of the group were charged with abuse of a corpse, as well as child abuse due to the presence of two children in the property. Police even found a photograph of Amy that is believed to be the last photo taken of her alive. In this, she looked rough. 
She had thinning hair, discolored skin with a purplish hue, and was extremely skinny. According to the Sawatch County Coroner, Tom Perrin, Amy had been ingesting large amounts of colloidal silver, which the group had been promoting as a COVID-19 cure and had received a warning from the FDA for promoting that false claim. Consuming colloidal silver for a long period of time can lead to a blue-gray discoloration of the skin as well as seizures and organ failure. An autopsy report released in December of 2021 revealed that Amy had died from global decline in the setting of alcohol abuse, anorexia, and the silver poisoning. On May 5th of that same year, Deputy District Attorney Alex Rains announced his plans to upgrade the abuse of corpse charges to a more serious charge of tampering with a deceased human body. The seven members that were arrested were also facing several child abuse charges. However, all of these charges were later dropped. Yep, I said it, they were all dropped. According to police, Amy had not died where her body was discovered. She apparently died in California and the members of the group transported her back to Colorado. After word of Amy's death began to spread, Love Has One's Facebook group claimed that she had, quote, ascended and the website lovehasone.org was taken down. The group has now changed altogether and renamed their Facebook page and YouTube channel to 5D Full Disclosure and launched a new website. As of now, I believe the group is still ongoing. I checked out their YouTube page and the last time they streamed was a little over 11 months ago and apparently quote Father God or Jason Castillo has since formed a separate group called Joy Reigns and he has a small number of followers. Amy's sister Chelsea stated quote even though she wasn't innocent in all of this she didn't deserve to die the way that she did end quote. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and learned something new today. A free way to support me is by rating this episode or my podcast as a whole. Also turn on post notifications so you see when I post. As of now, I post every other Sunday. If you have a case you want me to dive headfirst into, email me at crimebrought2light at gmail.com. For more true crime content, follow me on Instagram, everything brought to light with two T's at the end, or follow me on TikTok, crime brought to light. Without further ado, I will see you all next, next Sunday. Stay safe.